from the Tulsa world. This is the OSU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Dean Rule and Jawan Lee. Season three, episode five of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast, and the Oklahoma State Cowboys are 2-0. They're 2-0 this week after their 27-15 win over Arizona State. Um, Sun Devils, Dean went out there, got to get on a little flight out there. First of all, man, how was the flight and how was that experience out there? It was good. That was the uh, the first ever flight I've been on. So that in and of itself was an experience. And then uh, Phoenix, I've been to Phoenix a couple times, uh, most recently when OSU played in the Fiesta Bowl. But uh, so I've never been in the early September window. So the 112 degree heat was a was a bit of a wake-up call Juwan but besides that um very cool stadium I found out they played a Super Bowl in this stadium the uh this yeah uh back in the 90s that was that was interesting um but no a cool experience uh interesting game I don't know if we'd quite call it a good game um just in terms of the product that was out there there's still a lot of uh improvement i think both both of those teams are looking for but all yeah it was it was a good little trip um but i i'm happy i do not have to get on another plane this weekend home game <laughs> uh, so that's about a five minute drive from from my house well I, i'm glad to hear that man and speaking of the you know the product that they put on the field i know it was the talk of the town after game one was about this quarterback rotation and a lot of people kind of wonder would they continue with that same ideology heading into week two and another three quarterbacks got out there this week um what did you think about their their plan of attack against arizona state well i think i might be in the minority of how i look at the quarterback situation just in my own opinion i think at the end of the day, yeah, you probably want it to be down to one. I think you your offense needs that identity eventually. Um, and that's not to say that these guys aren't similar. I think Alan Bowman, Gunnar Gundy, Garrett Rangel all play a, a, a fairly compatible game. You know, no, no, like nobody's a wildcat quarterback, nobody's a a dual threat, you know, taking off to run. I think they're all they're all pocket passers who who do similar things, and um, so so in my opinion, I think yeah, be get a little crazy. Why not? Why not use all three? Um, you know, <laughs> I think I think back early August when I was looking back through OSU's schedule, I think if you look at it and you say if OSU plays how they're supposed to play, they should be four and zero by the time they play Kansas State on. Uh, that that Friday night game, so okay. I, I say that that sounds about right. They should be undefeated by that first October game, and so I say, you know, if you want to use all three, go for it. Figure out what you have. That, that's a lot of what this is about. Is oh, Mike Gundy, the offensive staff, they want to figure out what exactly they possess, and I think it can be frustrating. Um, especially from a fan perspective, you probably want to know this is the guy that's going to lead the offense because quarterback is the most important position. It's the most, it garners the most attention out of anybody on the offense. And so I I think there's some frustration from, from that aspect, but 
Yeah, I, I can get crazy. It's college football. Why not, Juwan? Why not for a couple of weeks? <laughs> just, just say, yeah, let, let's just throw them all out there. And and, I, and you're seeing it across pretty much every position on Oshu's roster. You're seeing a lot of rotation, a lot of um, younger players, transfer players, guys that you would expect to be the starter, all kind of shifting in and, and staying fresh, I guess is probably the, the best way to say it, um, during these early games, because I think these all are games that, the, you know, the scores have been closer than than probably most expect, and it's not the offensive firepower that o- Oklahoma State fans probably expect. You know, w- what was common a decade ago is not what is out there right now. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, they are wins. There's still a lot of questions about identity, like, like we were talking about. But I think – and it seems like this is going to be the plan um, – on Saturday when they play South Alabama to use the three quarterback system again. And after that, I think maybe they get, they do finally decide, okay, here's what we're going with. But, um, you know, they're still winning the game at the end of the day. Right. And and that's what they care. I I don't think they care, you know, necessarily about making it 80 to zero. It's uh, 80, (laughs) 27 to 15 and 80 to zero. Both mean one thing. You won the football, you you know, you're not getting exactly. there's no style points won in these first two games from OSU, but they are right. a win nonetheless. And I think probably at this point in Division One football, there's probably maybe 50 teams that can claim they haven't lost the game yet. And that number's only gonna get smaller as as the weeks go by. You know, yeah, as you said, Dean, there's a there's a lot of balance between these position groups, uh, as you saying early on in the season and kind of just sticking with the quarterbacks, running through a couple of numbers from Saturday. You had Alan Bowman was 11 of 16, 113 yards. Garrett Ringale, 6 of 9, 46 yards and a touchdown. Gunnar Gundy was 5 of 7, 32 yards and a touchdown. You touched on Mike Gundy knowing what he has. From what you saw from the quarterback Saturday, are you more comfortable than week one and kind of figuring out knowing what you have moving forward in the season. What's interesting, and I, I wrote about this a little bit yesterday for those who maybe want to go a little more in depth, um, that's up on our, our website. But if anything, I think Alan Bowman probably had the worst performance in game one, but he probably had the best performance in, in this game against Arizona State. Um, and I think that just kind of muddies up the the picture even more. Uh, Gunnar Gundy showed what I think has been his strongest suit, and that's just efficiency. Um, I believe he is now, I've, I probably have still pulled up. I think he's 12 of 16. Yeah, 12 of 16, um, passing on the season so far. So, you know, it's that 75% completion. It, it's not a small, it's not a big sample size. I'm not saying that that efficiency is going to, if you had him throw 40 passes a game, he's not going to complete 30 of them. I'm not saying it's at that level, but he has shown some efficiency there. And what's interesting is when Gunnar Gundy's been the quarterback, OSU's offense has been the most productive. They've scored the most points on offense while Gunnar Gundy was at quarterback, which I think is very interesting. Um, as you kind of I think we could sit here for an hour, Juwan, and we could break down okay, here's all the good things Alan Bowman's done. Here's all the bad things. Here's all the good thing Gunnar Gundy's done. Here's all the bad things. And, and we could really break it down as as narrow and as niche as we want to get. But at the end of the day, 
it's it's tight, you know, and, and that's what Mike Gundy's, Gundy's always said is that this is a tight competition. Um, you know, and, and, and I think that's it's hard to say, like, oh, this guy separated himself. I will say this, though, the, the one interesting thing I have found is Alan Bowman has attempted as many passes as Gunnar Gundy and Garrett Rangel combined. So he's had a very pass-heavy attack when he has been out there, whereas Gunnar Gundy seems to get a bit more of the the run assistance while he's at quarterback. Um, and so it's in, it's just it's interesting. It is so interesting how this all breaks down and how each quarterback's being used, and it just makes me question like maybe they are gearing up for the long haul to use all three throughout the season. That is a perfect segue into what I was about to ask because Bill Haston had wrote a column for the Cowboys, a 2-0 start, but still no obvious definition at quarterback. And he wrote something in that column and said he doesn't know whether Mike Gundy is still auditioning these guys or may go into Big 12 play with a multiple quarterback arrangement. How do you feel about that statement? Yeah, I mean, I, I think – I. That bill column is great. I think people should read that because I think it really does kind of frame what I wish he was looking at, what they're what what they're kind of staring down. Um, because I mean, non-conference play is going to end here in what's today? It's Tuesday, so in five days, non-conference play is going to be over, and you and you've got Iowa State, which is just with what that program is dealing with right now, an, an easier game than I think many initially expected, but. Yeah, I, I think a multi-quarterback system could be possible. I don't think that there's a massive advantage when it comes to um, – it's not going to affect opponents that much because, like we were talking about, all these guys are similar. They all have similar – game. I mean, there's little tendencies and things that they're more apt to do than not but they all play very similar. And so I don't think a defense is going to need to spend. If you are, if OSU decides, okay, we're going with all three for the entire season. I don't think that's going to trip up opponents as much as it would. If you had, you know, if this were Spencer Sanders, Alan Bowman and, and um, uh, Gary Rangel, cause you know, he's, he's, he's younger. Um, let, right. Let's say that, that was the three that's going to trip up um defense is a lot more than the three that they currently have with that said um you know i think mike gundy's kind of built his career a little bit on thinking outside the box and this Mm -hmm. very much does feel like an outside of the box um idea and you know recently um Jim Harbaugh at, at Michigan, they kind of did a quarterback audition the first couple weeks uh, last, last season. It, it's not uncommon for coaches to do that, but I don't, I can't think of a time where you, there has been three quarterbacks evenly splitting reps throughout, throughout games. And so I think the three quarterback system could work, but I doubt it continues much longer with drives being split evenly. I think you could see, you know, there's, they've run 12, well, like 11 to 12 offensive drives in the in the first two games. So each quarterback's gotten about four. I think maybe in some games you could see if they really do want to carry this on um, into conference, but I think you could see maybe Alan Bowman gets six drives and Gunnar Gundy gets 
two and Garrett Rangel gets the other four or Bowman gets eight. Gundy gets one. Rangel gets, you know, I think you can get the point being this opens up so many doors. And I think that's why they like it so much because you're allowed to be creative, but you don't have to completely overhaul your offensive schemes with each new guy coming in. Right. All right, so we touched on we touched on quarterbacks and their passing attack. Another big topic that we wanted to get on was, you know, the Oklahoma State's rushing game. Ollie Gordon, he hit he paced all backs, nine carries for 53 yards and a touchdown. Jake Nixon, seven carries, 43 yards. Elijah Collins, eight carries for 30 yards. You know, once again, balanced as we talked about with the quarterbacks. What did you see from the run game and how this offensive line kind of paced them Saturday? Uh, I, I think it's been a it was a pretty steady continuation from what was seen in game one. Um, and I think that's because the offensive line, once again, probably not where you wanted. I mean, come on, Juwan, let's think about this for a second. They went into the half. Halfway through the game, they had a net gain of zero rushing yards. <laughs> and I mean, that's now, you know, sacks count toward that and, and whatnot. And so but but it evened all out. It They, they right. picked up zero yards in the, in the run game. Um, and then obviously they got one hundred and thirteen um, after the half. But. Goes back to what Mike Gundy said is because against Central Arkansas, they really picked it up in the fourth quarter against Arizona State. They picked it up after half. That needs to start happening in the first quarter because I think the running backs have, they have talent at the running back. I think Ali Gordon, Ali Gordon, the expectation was for him to, to take a step up and he has done that. Elijah Collins has been a great veteran, knows what to do, gets it done. Um, and I think that's been that's been great as well. And, and Jay Nixon ha- has got some um, some talent there too. The offensive line, I think, is where the, the root of the problem is. And they seem to be out of the half. They're able to adjust and and fit more in. I, I, I don't know, I guess, how exa- it's been more efficient. Um, mm-hmm. And my offensive coordinator, Casey Dunn, Mike Gundy, they all attribute it to kind of opening up some of those new schemes that they worked on this offseason. And so that just makes me think a lot of that's getting saved for these more for the, you know, conference play and whatnot. They don't want to show it all off just yet. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, we talked about it last week, Jawan. Ollie Gordon is probably, if you had to pick a lead back, it would be Ollie Gordon. He's kind of proved that again um, against Arizona State. But just with the way that they want that running back group to work to constantly stay fresh, um, I think you're always going to kind of see those those snap counts, those rushing attempts stay within the same kind of um, stratosphere of each other. As we move on, and, you know, this all kind of stems back to the quarterback position, but as we touch on the receivers, how do you see these receivers adjusting to – you know, the, the quarterback rotation and how did they look out there against Arizona state? Yeah. And this was one of my, I think this was the first takeaway I had um, in, in my takeaways article, what we learned um, after Arizona state Dazon uh, Stribling has been as good as advertised. Juwan. He is the team leader in receptions yards. Uh, I think he's up to two touchdowns now. I don't know. That might be, 
Don't quote me on that. I, but but he's got he, he scored against Arizona State. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on what he did against Central Arkansas. But point being, he he seems to be a a, a favorite target of all three quarterbacks. And I think that's super right. beneficial. That 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 is just one of. I think I wrote it. He appears right now to be probably the biggest portal acquisition they've made this offseason because they lost so much young talent at the receiver position this offseason to bring him in instantly put him in there and get that production uh says a lot and and to your point about how they've kind of how the receivers have looked with the different quarterbacks in there he seems to have a rapport already with all three they all three consistently target him um and I, I think he's been solid. Um, same with Brandon Prezi, who who didn't put up the the best stats against uh, Arizona State, but that's another guy that just is consistent. They can use him a lot. What what Brandon Presley's strength is is just the versatility. Put him in the backfield, put him outside, put him inside. You can do so much with him, um, and that's why I think he's just such an I don't want to say underrated because I think everybody knows who Brandon Presley is at this point, but just such what? a constant in, in that receiver room. Uh, same with Jaden Bray. He's looked good. Uh, Talon Chatron's looked good. So I, I think receiver back in January, I would have said receivers probably your biggest question mark post transfer portal. But if anything, um, receivers always been a strong suit at OSU. And, and once again, they, they figured it out. And just to add on to that, you know, Deshaun Stripling, seven for 65 and a touchdown. I mean, he's up to 138 yards on the season. 12 and a half yards per reception is very, you know, very impressive from somebody that you want to be your lead receiver. Kind of sticking to what, you know, your three points on your takeaways. You, you had Stripling in there. And then you also touched on the linebackers. And we talked about the run game already, so I kind of skipped over that. But. You know, you said the linebacker play improved. What did you see from this defense Saturday? Well, I think the big thing is not to say Colin Oliver was absent against Central Arkansas, but he maybe necessarily did not have the game many expected him to have. Um, after all the talk about him moving back to to linebacker off the defensive end, um, I think it was quiet uh, against Central Arkansas, but he really showed he, – he, shined against Arizona State and that was I think because they were willing and it's it was talked about a lot this offseason that okay they're going to an odd front on the defensive line but at times moving having Colin Oliver back at linebacker were able to move him up and make an even front on on in some scenarios I think that really helped Colin Oliver kind of um, just shine a little more against Arizona State and so I think that that was a good sign they appear to be settled in on what who's getting the majority of snaps. I think linebackers kind of been figured out, and that's uh, Xavier Benson, Nicholas Martin, and Colin Oliver. They, I think it's they've eaten up eighty percent of the linebacker snaps this season so far. And now Justin Wright is is hurt. Um, he was brought in from Tulsa this off season, but he, I think the window is kind of he'll be back in about a month, which is is good for him, but. Um, I think this these that three is the core that they kind of like. Nicholas Martin had yet another great game. I think he had 10 tackles, um, and he's up to two sacks on the season. He's made a, a pretty substantial impact there. 
and, and Xavier Benson has just kind of been a constant. Uh, he's shown some improvement. I, I think it was a little up and down his first year in Stillwater. Uh, he, he he was still obviously played a big part in that defense because of just his veteran status. But last year he transferred in, had some good moments, had some okay moments. But all in all, he's he a much more consistent performance from him two games into this season. You know, earlier you said a success, you know, right now would be or what kind of you predicted the, the Oklahoma State to be 4-0. They're 2-0 at this point, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people still have concerns about what this team will possibly be this year. Sitting right here as of September 12th, we're recording on a Tuesday. Do you feel like this is the this is what you expected Oklahoma to State look to look like at this point of the season? Um, I, I don't think so. I think I'll say this, Juwan. I think you will know what Oklahoma State is when they play Kansas State. I think that that is the first real test on the schedule. There's not going to be any uh, smoke and mirrors or holding plays or holding anything. That's You're going to see, I think, the, the whole playbook's going to be open. I think that's when you're going to start to see decisions made at some of these positions that could go either or, you know, quarterback, running back, um, defensive secondary, defensive line. I think that's where you're going to kind of see stuff get solidified. The playbook is going to be open, and I think that's when you're going to know what this team is. Um, I think at this point, two games in, the play calling has been – the playbook has not been opened up completely, and and I think the coaches would admit to that. Uh, and it, it still kind of feels a little trial and error right now. Uh, you know, if, if anything, it, and we it got, we talked about it last week, but I'll bring it up again. It feels a little bit like that 2021 season where the first two games were just ugly football, close <laughs> games that OSU should not – even even some of the players after um, after Saturday's game kind of mentioned it feels a little bit like when, when OSU went up to Boise State and escaped by the, you know – barely escaped a, a Boise State team on the road and similar to Arizona State you're you're traveling far early in the season to play a non-conference game against a team you don't really know and uh the results not the prettiest game but point being I, I think South Alabama will be a good test this is probably in my opinion the best non-conference game they'll play um this season I think South Alabama and, and Mike Gundy said it uh, on Monday that, you know, this is the most physical team will play up to this point. They're coming off a 10 win season, which is, I believe a, a program best uh, or program high. They, they're a veteran team. They've returned pretty much all their starters from last year. With that said, OSU should probably still win this game. You know, like we talked about with central Arkansas, they don't have the depth of a power five team. This should right. not be a game in which you loses, but it should be a good barometer as they get ready for conference play. So I guess long-winded answer there, Juwan, but to answer your question, I don't think we quite know what this OSU team is because I think they're still trying to figure out what exactly they have. And I think that first true test is going to be Kansas State and what you see on that field in, yeah, October 6th. That's So that's that Friday game. Um what you see there is, is going to be 
what you're going to get, I think, with OSU this year. Given that if, you know, if you watch the game Saturday, so many position groups, their production is divided up so evenly. Do you get the sense that this coaching staff is comfortable with where this team is at right now? I, I would think so. Um, you know, the, the off season is a time for optimism. But I think once it, it takes playing games and on field, real experience is what separates a lot of guys. And I think that th there's a comfortability about what they have. But now I think it's about how is it all going to fit together? Right. Well, Dean, um, again, you know, we're going we're gonna to move from one show to two shows this week. So we'll have a, a whole episode to talk about the, the matchup against South Alabama this weekend. Do you have any comments that you want to make? Anything that we didn't touch on about last weekend's game? I don't think so. I mean, I, I, we covered it pretty good. It was – I'll say this. The, the, the OSU defense did get a little bit of a test um, – when it came to Arizona State's quarterback, Jaden Rashada, he's a little raw still because he's only a true freshman, and you can tell that, um, you know, his shoes might be a little too big right now, but he will grow <laughs> into them. I think that dude is going to be a legit quarterback in a, in a year or two. Got you. Well, as I said before, you know, we're moving from one show to two shows, so Thursday will be our South Alabama preview show. And we appreciate you guys for sticking around with us a little bit on the OSU Sports Extra podcast. Bye.